Hello and welcome to So Divine. I'm Megan Skinner. And I'm Stephanie Galling. And this is our monthly astrology and tarot podcast where we take a look at the celestial landscape, what's happening in the stars. We pick a tarot card to fit the vibe, all with an eye towards inspiration and helping you to lead a more conscious life. So hello, Stephanie. Megan, <laughs> hi. <laughs> this is our podcast for December. So happy holidays to you. Oh my God, you too. And I still can't believe that it's December. Oh, I know. I know. This is my the goodness. longest, like, <laughs> longest. I don't even know. I have no words for this year. I mean, actually, I have a lot of words for this year. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, and happy holidays to everybody out there. So let's just jump in because the big astral story for the month is that we have a significant shift in the collective energies. Now this starts this month in December because Saturn and Jupiter are coming together in the sign of Aquarius. Now this is a big deal. It represents a new chapter, kind of like a cosmic porthole, if you will, into the age of Aquarius. Dun, 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 dun. We were going to sing, but we decided to spare you <laughs> our musical abilities. But wow, Stephanie, I mean, age of Aquarius, new chapter, start us off. So every... Okay, so we know, right? Astrology is many things, including it is the reflection, the study, the honoring of cycles, right? And one of the cycles that is quite important in astrology is something called the Great Conjunction. The Great Conjunction is the meetup, the you know, the alignment between Jupiter and Saturn. And why is this so important? Why was is it called the Great Conjunction? Right? Because before the telescope. Jupiter and Saturn were the planets that were the last planets, right, that we knew of because they're the, the planets that are the farthest away and visible to the naked eye. Wow. So when, right? And when so Jupiter yeah. and Saturn come together, it marks a new, almost like socio-political chapter in the collective. And this happens only about once every 19, 20 years. So, you know, no small thing, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. No small thing. The last time that it happened was in May of 2000. Um, mm. Before that, in 1980, 1981, it sort of went back and forth a little bit. So again, every 20 odd years. And I could go, we could go on and on and talk about this well, for a long time, but like, which piece do you think? Is well, you know, it's so share? great because this is like fun astrology facts, nerd alert, because, <laughs> you know, we've got, you know, this is a big deal and, you know, we've been digging into it and just looking at all of its effects and ramifications. And let me, let's just start by talking about maybe a little bit about Aquarius, because, you know, both of these Jupiter and Saturn are moving into Aquarius and, um, you know, it's starting with this kind of almost like big bang because they're together in Aquarius for the first time. And this conjunction hasn't happened in 20 years. So let's talk about what this new chapter, this shifting energy, because we're basically talking about a new zeitgeist. Right. So let's talk about Aquarian energy. What 
does that represent? Yeah, and it's so interesting to what you shared that, you know, when this happens every 20 years, it oftentimes happens where like Jupiter and Saturn might have been in that sign for a little bit and then they meet up. What's really fascinating or one of the fascinating things about this is that it happens so early on. I mean, Saturn enters Aquarius December 16th. Um, Jupiter enters Aquarius December 19th. And two days later, on the solstice, mm. nonetheless, <laughs> we have the great conjunction. So it's like, not just hello, Aquarius. It's like, <laughs> the bugles come out, right? Like, this really? The dawning of the age of Aquarius. Sorry, I just Yeah, I you did it. You did it. I did it. I did it. I couldn't stop myself. So we, you know, it's not just, again, that, you know, we enter into next year in 2021 with both of those planets in that sign. But again, we're opening up to something that's larger. So Aquarius is the sign that relates to the network, right? The collective, to progress, to community, right? To the group, to social just, social causes, social issues, technology. Um, it's very interesting if I could just, this is sort of an aside, but it's still on point. Pretty much since, check this out, Mid 1800s, because the these great conjunctions go in cycles. All of the great conjunctions were in air signs, except for once in the 80s. This it just dipped back in. But beginning with this great conjunction for the next so many, so many, so many hundreds of years, it will be all be in air, right? Aquarius oh, is wow. an air sign. So this is what we're also shifting into. Is this elevation, sort of this moving away from earth and the mundane and the material to more thinking, ideas, technology, you know, maybe social justice, social ideas. So a big shift in the zeitgeist. Well, I find that really fascinating. And it's like this kind of, especially the shift into air, you know, and to me, Aquarius is like the big picture, Yeah. you know, and, you know, even though Aquarius is called the water bearer, which I think is misleading because those waters are really the collective waters of consciousness. I actually feel like Aquarius should be called the energy bearer because what we're really talking about here is energy. This is the age of energy. And I think that's very much the age of Aquarius where we realize that we're all energetic beings. We're all connected together. We're all connected to a bigger universal collective picture. And wow, that's really exciting. So there's not that aspect of separation. There's more this coming together humanity, you know, you know, where we all come together to create the collective dream, you know, in a way that's empowered for each of us individually, but also the planet as a whole. So, wow. Yeah, it's a big, big deal. And I can't help but think how we may not really feel that shift come the third week of the month, third week of December, right? Because we're going from all of that Capricorn, Saturn and Jupiter being in Capricorn and sort of finishing their cycle there. Jupiter was there for a year, Saturn for about two and a half years, you know, and so that shift of momentum, that shift of energy from 
Capricorn and heavy <laughs> and dutiful and you know, systems of organization and government to more of a, you know, and a past orientation, right? To Aquarius, this is more future thinking. Yes, very much so, right? So Stephanie, what you're saying is that we will not wake up on December 19th and it's like Santa Claus, you know, like we go look at our stockings, you know, is it happening? We may not feel it immediately. And of course, this is going to be happening for a while. This energy is going to be present for the next 20 years or so. And so, you know, you know, it's, so it just starts this month, you know, so let's, you know, I think it would be really fun to like review a little bit since this is such a big shift about where we've been, you know, we've had Saturn in Capricorn, we've had Jupiter in Capricorn, we've had Pluto in Capricorn still is, but for the last couple of years, this Capricorn energy has been so prevalent. So let's do a little review about that Capricorn energy, kind of what maybe we've learned yeah, and what we're moving out of. Right. Because Jupiter always, whatever sign it's in, it brings our attention to that realm because it expands it, right? It makes it, it like that's our pathway to growth and learning. And Saturn as the task maker makes us pay attention to that area too, <laughs> because we see like, what has bones? Like what really has foundation and what does not? And so all that attention, especially this year with Capricorn about, you know, things such as your loyalty, right? Your duty, your responsibility, Capricorn being the sign of the collective social structures, government and business, like those consensus reality where we agree to, and our attention has been put on that. I think some of that too is because like Pluto sort of like made a little exactly. big appearance of, wait, do these structures actually have structure, right? <laughs> Can they hold? I mean, we've, you know, the other thing with both Saturn, you know, and especially Capricorn is the rule of law. Like, hello, rule of law. Like, are you there? <laughs> like, is that a rule of law sighting or not? Like, will the rule of law hold? You know, and I think, you know, this has been one of the strong tests the last handful of years, especially this year, you know, and, and do we as a society have the instruments and the structures to continue to hold the integrity of ourselves together? Or do we not, right? As we have seen, a lot of the structures did not, could not bear the weight of the stress you know, in terms of the pandemic and other things and are crumbling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you mentioned too, that Pluto, that which is a planet of transformation, death and rebirth, regeneration is in that mix, right? Just really forcing everything, those structures, as you're saying, to the breaking point, which ultimately I'm sure is a very good thing. You know, we've talked about this before with the archetype from the Trove, the Tower card, which is, you know, we have to dismantle these old structures that are no longer working for us. You know, it's interesting as well, because as a Libra, my son's in Libra, a lot of this Capricorn stuff has been squaring and challenging my Libra energy. And I have to tell you, I've really experienced this kind of breakdown of certain structures, really forcing me to look at are things working? Do they have longevity? And ultimately it has been very empowering as well. But I have to say, 
am very looking forward to this <laughs> shift where Saturn has been so on my butt, Saturn moving into Aquarius. So, and to me, you know, if we're talking about the shift, to me, Aquarius is a very democratic sign. You know, it's very much about all for one and one for all. And we're in this together. And so I'm hoping that with the shift, you know, maybe things will start to move forward again. You know, the other thing to remember about Aquarius is Aquarius is all about reinvention. So with Aquarius, it's like maybe there's an opportunity to reinvent ourselves a little bit as we change these structures and look at how we want to participate in creating that reality. Yeah. I mean, and it's such a shift, right? Away from that, like really sort of heavy material into like going in and we need ideas that have create solutions right now. And we need to band together, you know, as a collective and for the social good. And there really is that promise, not just in terms of for the next 20 years, but with both Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius next year, there's a tiny bit of time where Jupiter like dips its toe into the pool of Pisces, but for the most part, it's in Aquarius, you know, where these, you know, ideas and solutions and relationship and, you know, focus on on the social good come into view. I mean, the one thing I think just to sort of watch for in this is that notion of, you know, if the collective is the most important thing, you know, then yet at what cost sometimes? What about our own personal freedom? Like, what do you do to bolster the collective? And do you ever have to give up your own personal rights or freedom for that? So I do think that's something we're going to need to look at. Um, you know, what do you do? You know, like we were just actually watching the um, miniseries Chernobyl. Have you seen Ooh. that? No, but I heard it's really good. So good. So heavy. And But thinking a lot about like, you know, what you do for the state, you know, and I think mm. there's a little bit of, you know, that is, I don't know if that's the shadow you call it, but like with Aquarius, it's like, I just think it's something we all look, need to look at, right? Like we all are for collective wellness and yet we have to look at like, you know, what will we do for that? What will we give for that? Yeah, I, I I think you're bringing up a really good point, which is, you know, Aquarius is about the greater good, the greater good for all. And ultimately, in the highest sense, how can we be of service to that? I do think, hopefully, with this Aquarian energy, which does celebrate the collective, but also the individual in a way. So if I think that if we can look at what are my unique individual gifts that I can bring to the table but in service to the greater good. So it's not just doing it based on ego or, you know, just what I need, but to bring those unique gifts that what inspires you to the table, but in service to the greater good. Yeah. Like, like honoring that, like, like the polarity of Leo of Aquarius and just right. like bringing yes. yourself there. It's not about you, but it's about owning that in like owning that you are an unique and individual facet of the prism of the whole mm. of society of the collective. Yeah, if I think about it, if I fantasize about it in the perfect world, we would all be allowed and have the freedom to be who we are, yeah. to work and, you know, prosper from what our individual gifts are. Yes. And have it be in service where we're not feeling like that we're having to work in areas or be not authentic. So wouldn't that be amazing? You know what I mean? If that if that actually happened. 
That is amazing. And you know, as you say that, and even if it's just you and I do this, like <laughs> on the solstice, I mean, think about it. already the solstice is a time where we have, we have ritual, right? And we honor the transition of light and dark and that really powerful matrix of energy on that day. And then this year for the great conjunction to happen then too, like just what you said, which I am with you, like that is a beautiful <laughs> idea, like to have some sort of like meditation or visualization or do something, you know, together, you know, band, yeah. all of us band together to like, to wish that, to, to think that into being, if you will. Yes, it's just to send it off with, yeah. with, 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 with a lot of energy. And it'll be interesting too, to see if there is this idea of more like collective coming together in meditations, in intention setting, in, in, you know, the community aspect. Well, it's interesting, Stephanie, that you bring up the uh, solar eclipse in Sagittarius, which is happening on December 14th. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. What's notable, well, there's a lot of notable things there is that this is actually happening on the same day as the U.S. Electoral College meets. So here we have Sagittarius, which oftentimes has to do with politics and what's happening in society and all of that. So, hmm, interesting. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> and also on the, um, in Sagittarius, on the moon of Donald Trump. Like it's right on his moon. Yeah, it's his moon in Sag, yes. And as we know, um, and on the sun, actually, I think of like Stacey Abrams, because she's a Sag born ah. somewhere around there. Um, and other notable people we could go into, but we won't. Um, but it's interesting, right? A solar eclipse does reflect a new chapter about to be born. And for that to happen, we oftentimes see not just beginnings, but we see endings so mm -hmm. that beginnings may occur, right? The field is cleared so that this big new creation can really take root. So, and again, as we've always said, like solar eclipses or lunar eclipses are not just one day phenomenons. Weeks before, <laughs> right? We start to see things that may come to completion, right? That may weave themselves closed so that the new can get planted. And, you know, I don't know, none of us know, but like, it's a little bit, I don't even want to use the word auspicious. It's a little bit like, hmm, that it does happen the day of the electoral college. I mean, hoping that the electors vote for who the people want them to vote for. Um, but it's, it's noteworthy, as we like to say. It, it is noteworthy. And also, as we've talked about before, and you've brought up, Stephanie, with eclipses, because we're eclipsing, information is not always completely clear in the moment, right? Because we're, you know, we're moving energies, it's going from dark to light, etc. So it could be one of those situations where have patience, everybody, you know what I mean, that this may continue to unfold a bit as the information continues to come to the light, so to speak. 
Absolutely. And I would say for all, you know, all of us as well, you know, granted, you could see where does this, I think it's 23 or 24 Sagittarius fall on your chart. But even if not doing that, to think for yourself, like, this is a solar eclipse in Sagittarius, like, this is yielding a new birth, a new chapter of how I want to grow, how I want to create the future, my goals, what I want to explore, you know, and just to sort of think about those realms or those topics for yourself during that time. And it does feel like it's going to be an intense couple of days because just the day after Chiron stations direct. That's right. So there's that sense of like wounds, like wounds might be very high or also and that Chiron's notion of like, in Aries. Is that right? And Chiron's in Aries, right? Ah, so the, right. the okay. wound of the warrior mm. or that note, you know, the wounding of will or, or ideally the healing, you know, the healing that comes through the wound. So it feels like a, maybe a little mm. prickly, not that we need any more <laughs> prickly days, but yet another prickly day. Well, I think it's prickly with great hope. It's, oh, it's a hopeful prickle, I think. Yes, because I think these shifts are, I don't know, I've been excited about this all year. I've been thinking about when, when we shifted to this Aquarius energy, I do feel like it's so expansive and so hopeful and so inspired and so big picture. So yes, it's, it's, it's going to be great, but I do feel hopeful about it. So with yes. all of that, I think it's oh. time for what? Oh, wait, wait, one more thing. But just yeah. to note, we don't have to talk much about it. But like, so the solar eclipse new moon was on the 14th. And then there is a full moon on December 29th. And of course, because we're just like, I mean, those are usually very <laughs> oh, important. Yeah, the and they still are important. But there's like way bigger news for this month. So it's like, oh, yeah, in the full moon. Yeah, yeah. And the and the full moon is in the sign of of of, of, of cancer. Si, si. Yes. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, and of course we have a full moon. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> there's just so many big things going on here. So now it's time for the tarot card of the month. And of course, we cannot talk about the sign of Aquarius without talking about the star card. And Indeed, the star card is ruled by the sign of Aquarius, and it's very much this concept of as above, so below. And as we are talking about the water bearer as actually the energy bearer or the vessel for these bigger collective energies, what you'll see in a lot of star cards is actually the goddess Nueth, Nueth, who is the lady of the stars. And you'll see she's holding two vessels. One is, you know, is up above and she's like bringing down the waters from the collective and she's pouring them into the earth. And so it's this idea that we really are drawing down and bringing into manifestation these higher energies, these inspirations. And indeed the star card is very much about opening yourself up to greater potentials. What are your dreams? What are your inspirations? And it really encourages us to imagine and think really, really big. The other thing about the star card, it's about being an illuminary. If you think about the idea of a star, when we think about like celebrities or notable people out there, they have this ability to tap into a bigger picture, to illuminate greater ideas and potentials for all of us. So with the star card, it's like the opportunity to really 
carry that energy of being a luminary, to think big, to hold those energies and inspire other people as well. Oh my God. So perfect. So beautiful. I love this I love the star card. It's such a, a beautiful card. It just illuminates, I believe, like a higher destiny. It's like the North Star. And it's like really a guiding light, but you have to be courageous and you have to be brave and you have to be open-minded to really follow your star. Yeah. I think about, you know, when you say that two things, one, I love, I mean, even the way you say it, those words like illuminate and illuminary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just like to use those words to guide us yeah. this month and as we go into next year and And when you also said courage, I'm thinking about how, um, okay, so Uranus, which is the modern day ruler of Aquarius, you know, oftentimes the archetype or the the myth associated with uh, Uranus is Prometheus, right? Who did break ranks with the God to serve for social good by bringing illumination to the, the mortals, but he did so at a cost because then he was punished and um, an outcast, became a cast out. And so that whole wound that we have to deal with in terms of having mm-hmm. our courage to, to be a luminary, to you know, illuminate in service of the collective, but the fear that might come with that, right? By being that trailblazer and to work through that for ourselves. So- I think that's, oh, I love that story. That's, that's so good, Stephanie, you're bringing mythology to the, to the discussion. But I think a lot of times that people that do have big pictures and bigger inspirations, they are ahead of the curve. They do force us to think differently and break outside of those old boxes. And you know, the card that comes before the star card in the tarot is actually the tower card. From the ashes of the tower rises the star. And so the idea is we, you know, we blew up the tower. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. But by blowing up the tower, the star is free to shine. So I just, I'm just remembering that now as we're talking. So Okay, so we may be blowing up a a few towers here, but it's all in the name of that star shining. Oh my God, that's amazing. Can I ask you what rules, is that how you say it? Is it what rules the tower or what is the tower rule? Yes, it's Mars. Now, remember back in the day when a lot of like, you know, astrology and tarot that they were being assigned with one another, Mars was seen as more like um, a negative force. It was more of the destruction, destructive energies of mars mm, got it so i think it's very much mars as the, as the mars the destroyer was kind of how that works got it i thought you were going to say back remember back in the day when mars was retrograde <laughs> like, yeah yeah that seemed like a lifetime ago that was like a few weeks ago but it's interesting even though the tower is not related to capricorn at all i do think that notion of like the structure of a building like that right like you know moving from capricorn to aquarius you know yeah. and And I think, you know, if maybe if we could, maybe this is something to just encourage, or maybe I'm just going to encourage this for me or maybe for you or whoever's listening, like really like what, you know, how is it that I, you know, I claim to find my courage in how it is that I individually want to help forward the progress 
and the justice for living life, right? I was going to say humankind, but I also think it's for like all living life because that's what we're stepping into, mm-hmm. right? We're stepping into this new, new era of that, you know, standing yes. for others, really standing and acting for others. Amen, sister. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's right. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think maybe that's just the way we can wrap up today is just with this knowing that we are stepping into this new chapter and this new, very Aquarian chapter. So thank you, Stephanie. What a juicy conversation. And thank you everybody out there for listening to So Divine, wishing you a very happy holidays. And don't forget to sign up for our So Divine newsletter. We have some we have some things in store for you. So go to sodivine.us. Yeah. And in that spirit, like you are, we are collect the collective with you. Like you are our community and we are really thankful for you. And we're also thankful for others in our community, our producers, Nick Petrie and Sebastiano Tecchio. So thank all of you um, from the bottom of our hearts and happy end of 2020. And Here's to a better 2021.